Hello, it's Friday the 4th of November and welcome to the Better Business Show Friday 5. I'm your host Tom Idle and joining me on the other side of the internet is Vicky Knowles. Vix, how are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing? I'm very well, I'm very excited about uh, Bong Fire Night tomorrow, so lots of fireworks going off, so that's all very exciting. Um, but yeah, it's been a good week, uh, how about you? Yeah, it's it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I was I was going to say about bonfire night. There seems to be like loads of schools doing it at like the same time on you know tonight. And you you're like, which one? Which one do you go to? And yeah, but why are they doing it? Why are they doing it tonight and not tomorrow night? Uh, well, there's a bit of both, really. But I mean, where I live, there's there's two schools doing it at the same time, same right. price, <laughs> like competing with each other. <laughs> yeah, for your buck. Okay, well, enjoy whatever one you end up going to. Um, I should say I'm sorry that we we didn't have a show last Friday, did we? I was a bit of a mess. Uh, I was very ill last week, so um, fighting the bug that's been doing doing the rounds. So sorry we didn't have a show last week. Um, but for also, and I, I often say this on the Friday Five, if you haven't checked out the main show, and this is the the first episode of the Better Business Show that you've stumbled across, this is not our main show. Go check out the the main show that comes out on a Monday. That's when we uh, do our proper storytelling. So this is our our digest of news show that we push out on a Friday. So have a look at the website betterbusiness.show, and you'll look at all of our uh, our past episodes there. Um, so, Vix, we're going to give uh, our lovely listeners our top five stories from the past week, the happenings and events and goings-on in the in the world of better business we think they should be aware of. Um, so this week, we are talking about the Paris Agreement, which has finally come into force. We're talking about the fitness gear made from used coffee grounds. We're talking about Tesla and its new solar roof tiles. We're talking about Krispy Kreme giving free donuts out to people in America to get them out to vote. And we're talking about millennials, those pesky youngsters that will soon make up 50% of our global workforce. So, Vix, you ready? Should we do this? Let's do it. Okay, so number five this week. So, midnight struck last night and the Paris Agreement finally entered into force, uh, heralding what people are saying is a new era of international cooperation in the fight against climate change. So, it's a treaty which required at least 55 countries representing at least 55% of all global emissions to actually ratify the deal before it could officially enter into force. And that took effect at midnight last night, 30 days after the threshold for triggering the agreement was actually reached. So in practical terms, then nothing, I mean, little will change immediately as the treaty is designed to take over from its predecessor, which is obviously the Kyoto Protocol, uh, but that won't happen until 2020. But its entry into force is hugely symbolic of uh, the hard-won global consensus around climate action which has uh, which was really sort of united and lots of lots of countries around the world. Patricia Espinosa, the UN's uh, ch- uh, climate chief, held the event as the day that countries of the world shut the door on inevitable climate disaster and set off with determination towards a sustainable future. So she described the agreement as undoubtedly a turning point in the history of common human endeavour. Um, so there was some analysis that was released yesterday that confirms the national climate pledges that have been submitted so far will not go far enough to meet the goal of keeping um, keeping the planet to within a two degree warming. Um, but obviously the, the, in the agreement there is uh, mechanisms designed to kind of ratchet up the ambition over time to ensure that those 
dangerous levels of warming are actually averted. Um, so there's still a bit of a way to go in, in terms of this. We've got uh, COP22 kicking off on Monday in Marrakesh. So there'll be loads more talk around climate change. So hopefully we can just keep the momentum going. That is so exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's finally happening. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay, at number four, um, what you, you might wonder what happens to the coffee grounds after you've enjoyed your daily cappuccino. So it usually goes in the compost or it can kick you out for your next run. And the reason why I say or with such emphasis is because that's actually the name of an Aussie startup making cool fitness gear from right. 30% recycle bottles and used coffee grounds. Um, so they've got a campaign on Kickstarter and it says that the perks of using coffee grounds uh, in the fabric includes permanent odor control, boosted sun protection and faster drying time. Uh, the the clothes they've made are also abrasion resistant for longer wear life and eco-friendly to manufacture. So uh, apparently each jersey incorporates around five plastic bottles. And then for every kilogram of recycled polyester made, it saves the equivalent of 1.7 litres of petrol. Um, but it seems to be taking off because it's already raised 10,000 Australian dollars towards its target of $35,000. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of innovations around coffee grounds. There's like coffee flour and stuff. So it's, it's another really cool innovation um, to make good use of it. Brilliant. And it also reminds me that Monday's show on the Better Business Show uh, is with a company called Green Sportswear. So very similar in terms of them, their, their approach to, to designing products in a, in a completely different way. So, yeah, do look out for that coming on Monday. Um, great. Cheers, Vic. So number, number three this week, uh, Tesla. Uh, so last weekend, the chief exec of Tesla, Elon Musk, unveiled the company's much-anticipated solar roof tiles, uh, which are going to be available from next summer. Uh, Musk revealed the solar roof tiles at Universal Studios in Los Angeles, and while little detail was given in regards to the price and performance, he did claim that the glass tiles were introduced to be more attractive to consumers looking to add solar technology to their homes. And according to Tesla, the cost of the roof is going to be less than the current installation costs to place a conventional solar panel on a roof. Uh, reportedly, the tile, available in an array of colours, uh, has a, ha- have a, a 2% less on efficiency compared to traditional panels, although Tesla is working to to boost the performance so cheaper but not necessarily as efficient uh, but they do look smart there's been lots of great pictures they, that, that tesla have put out uh, and also they can be used uh, to incorporate heating elements so think about things like the uh, the rear defrosters that you get on on cars uh, so this technology could certainly be used in a number of tesla's uh, modern or new models of its sports cars um, but Musk warned that the commercialization of this of this business would be unwieldy, is what he said, if Tesla hadn't successfully combined with sister company Solar City by then. And there's a vote on the the acquisition of, uh, of that struggling solar company that Tesla's trying to trying to pick up that's due to take place a bit later this month. Um, so there's a few things that still need to come together to really sort of get this technology off the ground. Uh, but it's, it is exciting, purely because Tesla's involved, purely because Elon Musk's involved. It's, um, you know it's going to be a smart piece of kit, and uh, no doubt it will be uh, uh, incredibly popular once it uh, comes onto the market next year. That is awesome. Um, okay, number two, uh, you sort of 
said it really at the beginning, but um, for the American listeners, if you did need that extra incentive to vote on Tuesday, you can rock up to Krispy Kreme and get a free donut. So long as you're wearing a sticker indicating that you voted. So it doesn't matter who you vote for, you just got to vote. Um, and I would love Actually, no, we should say it does matter who you vote for, really, yeah, at this point. Or maybe it's kind of like the people who aren't going to vote because they think it's a bit of a lost cause, they are the ones that need to vote. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I would love if there was a way that you could work out what difference that would make, like how many people are voting to get a free donut. I'd just love to know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting how, you know, just that small kind of gesture it's like how businesses can use their influence um to get to kind of get involved in politics and you know make a difference in a way yeah and companies are not very good at that they, they tend to shy away from that obviously we had a, a story a few weeks back with patagonia uh, yeah. doing something similar trying, really trying to encourage people to get out and vote and and to think about their vote carefully uh, it's an interesting line that, that companies try to tread and they don't always get it right. But, um, yeah, free donuts. I mean, God, who's not going to want to vote on, uh, on Tuesday? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm really nervous about Tuesday. I really am nervous um, yeah. for the American people. It's uh, it's fascinating. The whole thing's been absolutely fascinating. It's hugely entertaining, but I'd hate to be American oh. right now because I think yeah. it's, um, it's frightening, frightening times. The whole Brexit thing has made me not take anything for granted. You just don't know which yeah. way it's exactly we'll no doubt be talking about that next friday um so lastly this week number one uh a new survey all about the millennials we all love always love to to talk about the millennials uh mainly because you are one i'm not as we uh, have established they're good people three quarters of millennials say they would take a pay cut to work for a socially responsible company vix 70 percent no 76 percent of millennials consider working um sorry 76 percent of millennials consider a company's social and environmental commitments when deciding where to work and nearly two-thirds won't take a job if a potential employer doesn't have a strong csr practice or commitment according to the 2016 cone communications millennial employment uh, employee engagement survey which they do every year the study reveals that meaningful engagement around csr is a business imperative impacting a company's ability to appeal to retain and inspire millennial talent Uh, more than any other generation millennials see a company's commitment to responsible business practice as a key factor in their employment decisions Um, 75 percent said they would take a pay cut to work for a company that is more responsible via uh, versus 55 percent as a u.s average 83 percent would be more loyal to a company that helps them contribute to social environmental issues 88 percent say their job is more fulfilling when they are provided opportunities to make that positive impact to society and the environment 76 percent consider a company's social and environmental commitments when deciding where to work so it's yeah millennials are going to make up about half the workforce very very soon it's a hugely important bunch companies having to wake up to the fact that you know, if you, if you don't get your housing in order, then uh, this this generation will not will not stand for it, and and that includes they won't want to work for you. Um, and you know, I think that message is coming through loud and clear in not just this survey, but so many different studies that are going on right now. But um, yeah, well, what do you think of this, Vix? Yeah, I I think that is genuinely true. Although it, the way you sort of worded it, it sounds a bit like 
you know, are, are these millennials interviewing with these companies and then asking them in an interview, what's what's the deal around your CSR? And then saying, actually, oh, it doesn't sound very good. I'm not going to take the job. <laughs> or are they not yeah. applying? Or, you know, like, are they just not looking, you know, when they're job searching, are they like, okay, that's, you know, that's not good enough. I'll do something else. Or mm. you know, leaving after two years and taking a, a pay cut to work at like a little charity or a socially minded company. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult to know whether the you know the, the interest or awareness or insight or knowledge around sustainability issues is stronger now with this generation and i think you know arguably it probably is but i think the other the the other important thing is that people have so much more information about about companies now um than they than they did you know 10 15 20 years ago you can just find out so much about a company that you're going to potentially be working for and, and I think that it's just human nature that you're going to be asking more questions because you have so much more information. I suppose that's part of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's it, Vix. Um, we hope you will join us every Friday as we digest the news stories and developments from across the world of sustainable business that we think you should be on top of. Don't forget, I'll be back again on Monday for our main show. So until next time, Vix, we'll see you next Friday. Yeah, see you next Friday for maybe another fireworks episode in a different (laughs) way.